1: welcome 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 the trump rally protesters punch and throw eggs at donald trump and iran refuses to cooperate with the u.s to defeat isis and isis is still attacking us and reporters are removed from the trump rally hi i'm lawrence jones in for jay we got so much more and it starts right now Welcome, welcome. I'm Lawrence Jones, in for Jay Severin, right here on the Blaze Radio. Now, if you were awake a little bit last night, because this rally that Donald Trump hosted was in California, um, and they're on uh, Pacific time, and so you got about a two-hour gap here in the state of Texas from them. You may have seen on national news, where the progressive left thought that it was okay to attack people just for voicing their support for a particular candidate. This is unreal, people. Whether you agree with Donald Trump or not, his supporters have a right. Donald Trump has the right to say whatever he wants to say as long as him and his supporters aren't inciting violence. They have the protection of the First Amendment. But what do these anarchists do of the progressive left? They take to the streets. They assault people just for voicing Their opinion, one kid even reported that one Trump supporter threw an egg at him. This is not only wrong, but it's illegal. That's assault. They should be held criminally uh, liable for this. But they won't because the progressive left have made it almost impossible For cops to do their jobs. And what you will continue to see. As we get closer to this general election. Is that if they cannot stop a particular person. Then by golly they'll sick their supporters on them. People took to the streets. And burnt the American flag. And I know there are some people who would say, hey, that's free speech. And they're correct. But my question is to the supporters and everybody in the United States today. If you aren't pleased with this country, then by golly, there is an open border that you can cross. It is a privilege to be here. It is an honor to be here in the land of the free. Now, I'm not saying I agree with everything that happens in America. But I do my best every single day to roll up my sleeves to improve this great country. But there is no other place on planet Earth that you can enjoy such freedoms. That you can walk down your streets without the fear of being shot in some places. America is a great place. And those of you that can't appreciate these freedoms, I ask you, I plead with you to simply cross the border. Maybe you'll like someplace like Mexico. How about you take a flight to Russia with the traitor Snowden? Sweden, England, anywhere but here. And then you have the mayor of San Jose blaming Trump for the violence because Trump forced these anarchists to assault people. It's unbelievable that you can't have free speech anymore because if you offend, it's now a crime. Protesters jumped on cars, threw eggs and water and balloons, snatched signs, stole hats off the supporters. Heads. And there is no question that the media have been silent. Again, this has nothing to do with the man. This has to do with the First Amendment and all of us having equal protection under the law to exercise that amendment. And the media is silent. Because they don't like the candidate. And I'm sorry. As much as I'm not a Trump supporter. If it was any other candidate in the race. The media would be doing the same thing for any Republican candidate. And so I would urge those that are in conservative media or talk talk radio. To stand up for the First Amendment because nobody on the right is immune from the scrutiny of the media when it comes to free speech. We are all radicals in the eyes of leftists. I'm asking you to stand not for the man. Cause again, I am not a Trump supporter, but I'm asking you to stand For the First Amendment? Who will stand for the First Amendment? Who will stand up to these radical anarchists? Many of them marching the streets who are saying Donald Trump erases are being led by white anarchists from Chicago. How do you know this, Mr. Jones? Well, when I was in Ferguson they were there on the ground. When I was in Washington D.C., they were there on the ground. When I was in Baltimore, they were on the ground. Should I keep going? When I was in New York, they were in they were on the ground. When I was in South Carolina, they were on the ground. The same people. Invoking hate. Crying racism. In the meantime, it seems like all they want to do is control black folks. Because apparently they can't speak up for themselves. Again, I'll let you be the judge of if Mr. Trump is qualified to be the president of the United States. But this is not about the man. It would never be about the man. This is about the freedoms that we all had people die and fight for. But there's more. You remember I was telling you about the press? You remember me telling you about that this is all a part of their plan? You got a Vox editor. Who was quoted by saying this, if Trump comes to your town, start a riot. I think that's in, uh, encouraging uh, violence, inciting violence. A member of the press, not only a member, but an editor of a national website, publication, My question is, when will there be accountability for this? When will we hold the media accountable for doing their jobs? Don't stand on the sideline and watch them destroy our country. We got more to fight for. More when we come back. After this break, Lawrence Jones, the Blaze Radio Network.
2: This is Jay Severin Severin. on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin
0: on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the show. I'm Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. We want to get to your calls on 888 900 3393. That's 888 900 3393 right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, We we thank you for tuning in. I got to apologize for getting so passionate, but I I just don't understand there were people that died. Uh, So many of us can be free. And it gets me worked up when I see people burning the American flag. There are people died for that flag and i think we should show them more respect and i i will reiterate if this is not the place for you if you don't feel like home if there are too many things to improve in this great country then either work to improve it or gladly leave i ran <laughs> They say they're not going to cooperate with us when it comes to defeating ISIS. Well, look at their shocker. I, I don't get it. I don't get this administration. People were crying out to the administration saying, please, please do not do this deal. This is a bad deal. And the president, assisted by the Secretary of State, the deal was started with Hillary Clinton and then finished with Secretary Kerry, insisted that this was the right deal. And we can't even depend on them. After giving them billions and billions of dollars of sanctioned relief, To fight against the enemy, because maybe they are the enemy as well. There is no response to what they said to us. The administration won't take the money away. Many of it is, many of that money you can't take away. But the funds that are still on its way, they won't freeze them. Congress, the Republican controlled Congress, has yet to bring the president, the secretary of state, before the people and explain why this wasn't a treaty. Why wasn't this approved and ratified by the U.S. Senate? Why? And they wonder why there is a rise of people that are supporting Donald Trump because the American people feel like they aren't being heard. This is why this election has become an emotional election because people want to be heard. I mean, by golly, we were talking about yesterday the Secretary of State and the State Department Editing tapes that talked about the the Iran deal back when Secretary uh, Clinton was there, and there still won't be legal consequences after the investigation was done. After they lied to the American people, after they were caught lying to the American people, they lied to journalists, which the journalists didn't put pressure on them. Okay. They told the journalists that no, 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 it wasn't edited. It wasn't edited on YouTube either. Then they come back and say, you know what? Oopsie daisy. We did lie. You can't make this stuff up, people. You just can't make it up. And there won't be any consequences. There won't be consequences. You know how I know? Because that same uh, department, after an investigation of an AG IG uh, that was appointed by a liberal, the president of the United States, a man of their own party, found that Hillary Clinton email scandal, that she violated the rules. There is no accountability for her. There was a poll done, and <laughs> I, 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 you seriously can't make it up. 51% of, of people that participated in the poll said that even if they find her guilty, indict Secretary Clinton for her email scandal, then they still would vote for her. Because I guess principles and rules don't matter. What are we teaching our kids? That just break the rule. There shouldn't be a consequence. I don't understand why America is in bed with our enemies. But when it comes to Israel, we can't stand with our allies. The president disrespects the prime minister. And he's our friends. And they wonder why. The morale when it comes to world leaders in the United States is so low. Why they can't trust the United States of America. Because we have a leader that not only bows down and apologizes to our enemies. But to our allies, he disrespects them. When it comes to our generals. When they oppose what he's three secretary of defense, three secretary of defenses have said the same exact thing. The president will not listen to us and the generals. Take it now. The president hasn't spent one day on a battlefield. He hasn't been away from his family. He is in bed with our enemies. Now, maybe it's ignorance. I think it's ignorance. Maybe he doesn't understand how this works. But how many times do we have to make the same mistakes? I'm, I'm curious on how the president is going to cover this up. They will not help us defeat ISIS, which only, which only leaves me to believe that they're in bed with ISIS. Now what the hell are we going to do about it now? Is the president going to stand with the American people? I'm waiting for him to go to the president of Iran and say in the Supreme Leader and say enough is enough. I try to be diplomatic about it. I have to represent my people, my country and either you're with us or you're against us. But that takes guts. That takes character. That takes a man that's ready to lead. And he hasn't done it all eight years. So why would he do it now? More when we come back on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Severin.
0: Excelsior.
2: The Blaze Radio Network.
1: Jay Severin Show. Welcome, 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 welcome back to the program. Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severin right here on the Blaze Radio Network. And I appreciate you so much for tuning in to the program. They leave their families to protect our freedom on foreign land, but when they come back home, we can't seem to take care of them. It's a shame. It's a shame that we have people that give their life to defend our freedom and we can't seem to return the favor. And I just want to say rest in peace to the five dead that are in Texas uh, and four that are missing. They're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, There's been a lot of rain here in the state of Texas. Um, This is my home state. And these five men... Uh, And the four that are missing um, were in their Army truck and they were swept away here in the state of Texas. Um, We've been having so much rain and the floods um, has really uh, affected us greatly. They were in their Army truck and, um, of course, that's a couple tons um, in that Army truck. And it pushed it over and they weren't able to um, get out. They haven't been able to identify the last four and a possible two other because the area where they're at um, is a wooded area. And so uh, I asked you, our viewers um, and listeners, to keep, uh, if you're uh, praying people, um, keep these people in your prayers. They weren't even on duty. and was just doing the routine maintenance and things like that, driving around in just an accident, wrong place, wrong time, um, and they deserve uh, all the prayers that we can send to them. Lawmakers are furious at the DOJ that um, on the move they made uh, to protect the fired VA official. I don't understand why in the world, After we realize that people are doing wrong, that we don't hold them accountable. On Tuesday, uh, Attorney General uh, Loretta Lynch notified house majority uh, McCarthy that the DOJ would not defend a key provision of the veteran affairs reform law passed in the wake of the scandal over officials covering up a long a period of time of patient waits and times this is just awful for years. People have known that the VA did not treat our soldiers right when they come back home, the long wait times. Many of them die waiting for transplants, uh, different medicines that are minor, but end up, Uh, being catastrophic because of the wait times. And if you're somebody that knows someone who served or that has uh, family members that serve, my grandparents, my grandmother, uncles, all served in the military, it is a shame that not only will we cover it up, years and years of scandals, but then when laws are passed and different reforms are put in place, we don't hold them up. We bow down and Loretta Lynch should be impeached for an act that completely undermines the safety of our vets. It's, Unbelievable, unbelievable. There is no excuse after this measure went through, went through, was passed by Congress, Congress for her to sit back and do nothing and to even undermine the law. Now, joining me now is my friend, Sherlyn LeBlanc. Sherlyn, welcome to the program. <laughs>
2: My friend, how are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. Now Sherilyn, what is this mess? I don't understand this. Our vets do so much and we can't right. even give them the care that they need.
2: Well you know here's what's interesting is that you know you have you have these very smart, clever administration Obama administration lawyers, right? And they seem to be doing everything they shouldn't be doing. So let's just mm. kind of recap for the listeners all the things that the Obama administration lawyers are doing. So they come up with an executive order on illegal immigration. And then they've come up with transgender. But they're clever the second time around now, right, with the transgender law. Right. All, they, all they've done is issue guidance, but it's based in anti-discrimination statute right so you see they they get clever each time first of all was full-on executive order circumventing Congress they see that they're running into legal trouble second time around now they're doing transgender but now it's 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 based in anti-discrimination law and they're threatening the schools that hey if you don't abide by the guidelines we're gonna keep some money from you and then just yesterday they issued this new guidance um, with respect to sodium, right? With respect to uh, reducing the Mm. the voluntary reduction in sodium. Again, listen to how clever it is. What they've said is, oh, we're just issuing guidance. This time, the guidance isn't even based in law. It's based in the dietary guidelines, which is not law. But guess what else these clever lawyers have said? They said, okay, well... We're going to offer public comment, right? We're going to offer <laughs> public comment. So, so this is what they've done. They give, they give the impression that they are following the normal administrative and regulatory guidelines by offering public comment. So the net-net, and I think it's just, exe- again, exa- exemplified in what Loretta Lynch is doing, you've got all of these bright, clever lawyers who are always trying to fa- find ways of going around the law, but when you want them to do things like help veterans, guess what? Oh, funny, they can't seem to do
1: that. Now, Sherilyn, you're a lawyer, and so you're able I to sift I through. Am. You're able to sift through some of this stuff and, and give our listeners the background. So, what you're saying is that this has been a pattern of the administration and that.
2: that- that is my whole point, and with respect to VA, mind you, I worked um, at, in the George W. Bush administration as a political pointe, political appointee in the Department of Veterans Affairs. So I'm well versed in the problems at the VA, which have been, which just haven't popped up overnight, Lauren.
1: They've mm-hmm. been there
2: for a while.
1: Exactly. There's
2: been a backlog. Okay. We know that. Oh, I mean, my goodness, the past several years, we've been hearing all about the the basically the fraud that's been going on in the VA, which has been perpetrated on veterans who literally have been dying waiting for care.
1: But, Sherlyn, why aren't people going to jail for fraud? I mean, if they were average-day citizens, they would be locked up.
2: Right, right. Well, remember, we saw just a couple years ago that even despite people dying at some of these VA hospitals and VA centers, they were still giving out bonuses to employees.
3: Unbelievable.
1: Unbelievable.
2: Bonuses. I mean, you literally have people who are dying waiting for care. There. I mean, I think I just read a couple weeks ago there was some mishap in the system and 2,000 veterans um, were not getting care, were, were, were denied benefits because of a mishap in the system. I mean, this is a continual problem. And you want to say... Who is minding the store? Who's in charge? Who's in charge? Is it my 11-year-old? Is it my 8-year-old? Is it the kids at school? Who's in charge over there? Wow. I mean, who, who is in charge? And then so he just had another in- incident with the um, VA secretary. You know, he made a comment comparing the veterans to something um, that was not very flattering. And then he refused to apologize. Come on. You so know, let me ask you,
1: ask you. Let me ask you this, Sherilyn, because because yes. of your experience with the VA, also you used to be a counsel at, back in Congress. What can right. Congress do to oversight? now? If, oversight,
2: oversight, oversight. Come on, start doing oversight. We should have staffers pouring through documents, looking at how, where the money is being spent. What kind? Where? Where is the accountability? That's what you really have to look at. Look at. Lawrence and that's the job of, you know, these congressional committees. Let's look at oversight. If they can't if the questions are not being answered, then what they need to do is haul them in at four committee hearings and say, All right, you know, if you're not gonna do what you're supposed to do, then guess what? We're gonna hold back funding.
1: So let me ask you this, Sherilyn, another question. So I was reading about this story about some of the vets that needed brain surgeries and other surgeries. And they end up yeah, tra- dying. Yeah,
2: traumatic Yeah, traumatic brain injuries is what we call them. Right. Okay. So, uh-huh. so
1: Sherilyn, the, isn't that ne- negligence on, you know, the, the government's part that they allow these people to die because they couldn't get the chip? What legally is that? Is that stretching it legally? Can they be held accountable for those deaths? Well, you know, when you're
2: talking about negligence, that is, you know, that's a legal term. And there's a lot of components that have to be proved in that. Um, okay. And, you know, we, we, there, there's a lot of details and evidence you, you want to pull together before you start, you know, saying that the government is negligent. I got to tell you, I think that would be, I mean, I'm not saying that it's insurmountable, but that definitely is quite a legal case that you're going to need to prove. You need to, you know, you need to figure out when this person was diagnosed, um, who denied the care, what kind of care was denied. It would be
1: tough to prove in court.
2: Well, I'm not sure it would be tough, but you want to make sure you've got a really diligent lawyer connecting all of the dots and making sure that, you know, you could really show that the government is, in fact, negligent for this one individual dying. And the other thing you want to show is, and I, and, I, and I think you can show this, a, a pattern of neglect, right? A, pa- a systematic mm. breakdown in the system and not just one person, Lawrence, but you want to show a series of people who are affected and have been neglected and as a result have died. So I'm not saying it's insurmountable, but man, you got to make sure someone is really connecting all of the dots.
1: Wow, thank you so much, Sherilyn, for joining the program. It's always a pleasure to have you on the program, always my friend. Always a
2: pleasure, my dear. Always a pleasure. Happy to join anytime. Have a great weekend, honey.
1: Thank you so much. This is Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severin right here on The Blaze. Keep it here.
2: Jay Severin on The Blaze Radio Network.
0: is the Jay Severin Show.
1: Welcome, welcome back to the program. I'm Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severin right here on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, the president, you know, he likes to brag, you know, about his successful presidency that He's done so much for the American people. Especially when it comes to, I don't know, jobs. There's a new uh, study that's out. And in the study, it says that in six years, this year, we have added the fewest workers in almost six years. That doesn't sound like a a successful presidency to me. I mean, seriously, black unemployment is double the national average. Young people's unemployment is severely high. What has he done? By the way, when you have the president who changed the structure on how we measure jobs— Because he has this little system now that says, hey, if you're not looking for work, then we don't count you the numbers. So he skewed the numbers and they still aren't in his favor. But I'm sure progressives will say this has been a a historic presidency. It sure ain't because of the work he's done. I'm sorry. There comes a point in time in America where being black is just not enough. I'm not saying it wasn't historical, but I'm saying, what has he done for our communities? That's what I want to know. Are families better off than they were before? That's the question you got to ask today. Are you better than before? And I'm sorry, Texas was doing pretty good already before. Because we got the government out of the way. Now the president wants a national minimum wage. And we're already losing jobs. What do you think is going to happen next? We need somebody that can lead this country. Jobs are horrible. We got more when we come back. Lawrence Jones, the Blaze Radio Network.
3: on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Speaker Ryan endorses Donald Trump, and we're still talking about this gorilla. And Hollywood says Snowden got it wrong. Meanwhile, we're smuggling illegals from the Middle East. Uh, who have involvement in terror to the U.S. That and so much more. Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severn on the Blaze Radio. It starts right now. Welcome Welcome to the radio program. I'm Lawrence Jones in for Jay Submarine right here on the Blaze Radio Network. We want to get to your calls. 888 900 3393. That's 888 900 3393. We thank you so much for tuning in. Speaker Ryan um, endorses Donald Trump. I'm, I'm missing the part where this is breaking news. The leader of the Republican Party endorses the presumptive nominee of the Republican Party, it happens. I'm sorry. Paul Ryan still is Paul Ryan, who was groomed by John Boehner in an establishment. Of course he endorsed Donald Trump. See, I don't think people get this. Politics is one of these games that it's this, you know, good cop, bad cop game. You know when Paul Ryan said that he wasn't going to run for Speaker of the House? What did he do? He ran for Speaker of the House. And so I can just picture what happened. His bestie, the chairman of the RNC, who's also from Wisconsin, Ryan Priebus, say, look, Paul, this is what we're going to do. You're going to play like you really aren't fond of Donald Trump. Or maybe you really not aren't. You really aren't fond of Donald Trump, but you're going to be fond of Donald Trump. We're going to play a little hard to get. Meanwhile, Donald Trump kept saying the entire time, he's going to endorse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not worrying about Paul. He's going to endorse me. Y'all, don't get your hopes up with these politicians. I keep telling you guys, don't put faith in the politicians. They'll let you down every single time. None of them are perfect. They all work together, Democrats and Republicans, good cop and bad cop. It's just political posturing. This guy was groomed by the Republican Party. The Republican Party owns him. Guys. This is what happens when you put your faith in people. They let you down. And I see people on Twitter Paul Ryan, I'm so disappointed at you, Paul Ryan. I thought more of you. You shouldn't. Paul Ryan, you were supposed to run third party and be the savior of the party. Yeah, that'll happen. All of these politicians, and I said it from the very beginning. Donald Trump will be one of the most effective politicians because he has already bought most of the politicians. Part of the problem during the election, during the Republican primary, why people weren't able to effectively criticize Donald Trump because half of them he funded. He was the funder in chief. He said, hey, I don't like the Gang of Eight. Donald Trump funded the Gang of Eight. He funded most of these politicians on the stage. It was so funny when I was, uh, I think it was the first debate, and there was a a point in the debate where Rand Paul said, "Uh, Donald, you know, I don't like this, and there was another policy and, you know, Donald Trump Trump is, is just a phony and all this nonsense. And then Donald Trump looks at Rand Paul and says, you weren't saying that when you were in my office asking for money. This is why I am, I am so adamant about these politicians when I go and meet with them to either endorse them or go campaign for them. I tell them all the time. Don't sell your soul. I'm telling you, it will come back to haunt you. And there is no difference than Donald Trump and the Speaker Ryan endorsement. Then there's a report by the RNC saying there is a push uh, to save the GOP by using conservative talk show hosts like Mark Levin. Uh, They already got Sean Hannity. Uh, Rush Limbaugh and my boss Glenn Beck trying to get them on the side of the RNC. Now, I'm just going to say this. Me and my boss don't have these conversations about, you know, what the RNC has did and all that type of stuff. We don't have those conversations. But one thing I know about my boss Glenn Beck is how he is with me. I don't have to brag about him. The proof is in the pudding. When I came to this place 2 years ago, I could not stand my boss when I was on the left. Which was like, I guess about 4 years ago. I could not stand him. And ever since I've been at this place, he has consistently say be consistently said be you. Don't let people change you. Be honest. To yourself. And we have numerous amount of hosts on this network. Glenn does not tell us who to vote for. He doesn't tell us who to endorse. There was a separation at one time. Many people in this building went for Cruz. Some of them went for Rand and Marco Rubio. Not once did my boss, Glenn Beck, pressure anybody in this building to do anything different. And so I'm interested to see, and I know Mark is an honorable man and some of the other, I'm interested to see who's going to sell their soul. Who in talk show radio or TV who were adamant against Trump? And if you are supporting Trump, that's your choice. I'm not one of those people that bash those who decide they're going to do whatever. I'm just concerned about principle. I want to know who's going to stand for what they said they were going to do. I was really disappointed at Marco Rubio, who called Donald Trump a con artist, and then he endorses him. It just doesn't make any sense. If you chose to support Donald Trump off a principle, then so be it. That's your choice. But at least stand for something. But, as I said at the beginning of this show, don't put your faith in these politicians. Put your faith in God. Because men will always fail you. But I'm a believer that God would never fail you. We got more when we come back after this break. Lawrence Jones with the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin on
2: the Blaze Radio Network.
1: I uh, Lawrence Jones in for Jay Severin right here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm I'm sitting here on my phone scanning through Twitter, and I come across this video of Hillary Clinton doing this rally in California, (laughs) and the podium tumbles over. It must she must be the most unlucky woman in the world. I mean, seriously, you got Bernie Sanders, this old socialist, who is just it's like a flying a fly just that just won't go away. She's fighting for her life in California, and now the podium just flips over. It must be pretty embarrassing. In other news, we're we're still addressing this damn gorilla. I mean, it's dead. Move on. But my friend, who's our next guest, Madison Jesse Otto, says that enough is enough. You know, put the humans first. Madison, thank you for joining the program. It's always great to be with you. Madison, so t- I-, I saw this new piece that you have in Washington Times, and you're talking about this. Uh, this gorilla and 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 how the media is covering this, Madison. What do you think the big beef is over this? Why is it such newsworthy content?
4: You know, it's just absolutely ridiculous that we're still talking about this. Listen, the facts are the facts. The zoo made the right call in shooting the gorilla. It's unfortunate. No one wanted it to happen. Nobody woke up that day saying, you know, we're going to shoot this gorilla today. Once that child was in the gorilla exhibit, there was no other choice. You can't take the risk of potentially tranquilizing and irritating the gorilla to attack the young boy. We have to hold human life with a greater regard, and I don't know where people are lost on this.
1: Madison, but they should have took the tranquilizer gun and shot the gorilla. That way, the gorilla could live and the child could live.
4: Listen, I mean, as celebrities, you keep I'm sorry, I'm so- You wouldn't
2: want to see what would happen if the gorilla were
4: shot with a tranquilizer dart, and you and I both know that if that was your child in that exhibit, you wouldn't take the risk of shooting a gorilla with a tranquilizer, <laughs> which can take potentially, I think, five to ten minutes. Right, Hopefully, and they, that was me in the exhibit. <laughs> I wouldn't want a tranquilizer dart. I'll take the. I'll take the. I'll take the death of the gorilla.
1: Because what 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 uh, zoologists in Uh, people that work with tranquilizer guns tell me all the time, is that once you uh, shoot an animal with it, sometimes they go ballistic before they pass out.
4: Exactly. I mean, think about it. If you were shot off guard, having no idea that you're going to be shot with a tranquilizer gun, do you think you would just be content for those five minutes after that? Absolutely not. (laughs) Of course the animal is going to potentially freak out, and the only other person or animal even nearby was that child. So, you know, there's just not a risk worth taking. And the fact that people are so uneducated on this topic but seem to all be experts on Facebook and Twitter over the past week has just been uh, annoying, to say the least.
1: Well, Madison, this is my problem. And there was a study done um, about the news coverage of this damn gorilla and the murders that happen every weekend in Chicago. And it's it was compared to, like, 43 times the amount of coverage for the gorilla then the shootings that happened in Chicago. Why do you think the media is doing this?
4: You know, it's really depressing because at the end of the day, animals are not human beings. Like I said, when it comes down to the safety of a human or an animal, there's just no other option but to protect the human. But of course, as with so many other hot media topics, this is an easy thing for them to cover. They can easily get people riled up. And it's unfortunate that. This is where we are in our country right now, because as far as I'm concerned, the murders in Chicago are a million times more important than the death of this gorilla. Yes, it's sad. It you know, could have maybe been prevented if there was better safety measures of the Cincinnati Zoo, but it is what it is. Let's focus on more important issues.
1: So, Madison, let me ask you this question, because the family now, I was reading the report that they are uh, thinking about pursuing criminal charges against the mother what do you think about that do you think the mother was this just an accident or do you think they should investigate her
4: you know i don't know all of the details of what exactly occurred that day but as far as i'm concerned i mean it's very easy to turn your head when you have multiple children with you putting one in a stroller one could step away for 30 seconds the fact that a forty year old was even able to by himself in a short amount of time get into the exhibit is what really concerns me um, from what I understand, the zoo was cited uh, about a year ago for another safety issue with an animal, like, escaping outside of where it was supposed to be in the exhibit. So my concern is more with this zoo right now than with the mother.
1: So let me ask you this question, because that is a good point, Madison, uh, the zoo itself. But when the zoo, zoo released some uh, information, they said they had passed all the tests that the government requires of them. Are the standards high enough is my next question. Do you think that we need a revamp? And I know this is only one situation, but this could possibly happen again. What other standards and, you know, with these barriers, should, should the federal government be looking at this when we're taking animals out of the wild?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm not a zoo expert, so I don't know exactly what the standards are. However, mm-hmm. like I said before, the fact that a four-year-old in a matter of a minute or maybe a couple minutes could get into a gorilla exhibit, I mean, that would lead you to believe the standards aren't high enough or these you know, zoos have ways to potentially get around specific standards in these tests. I'm not sure you know, how these tests are done, how often they're done, but th- there's clearly an issue at that zoo as far as I'm concerned. And I think that either needs to be taken care of you know, by the government or potentially by the zoo themselves.
1: Speaking of of the zoo taking care of this and all this, a lot of these animal rights groups are saying then that the animal should have never been, you know, it, it shouldn't have been in the cage. What do you think? Should we have zoos or, you know, should we just bypass the zoos and just keep the animals in the wild? Or do is it an educational tool? You know, these these animals aren't treated badly. They're fed and all that type of stuff.
4: Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I think zoos are great. They're a wonderful educational tool for children in this country and you know, other countries as well. They've changed a lot in the past 50 years. The safety of these animals and the way that they're treated is much better than it was in the past.
0: Mm-hmm. And
4: I, I mean, I understand where they're coming from with that argument. But at the end of the day, like I said in in the piece you referenced at the beginning, animals are not humans. And all these activists need to come back down to reality. I mean, <laughs> that's as simple as it gets.
1: Back to reality. I like that, Madison. I like that. So <laughs> so I, I I posted a tweet, um, I think it was yesterday, um, talking about the gorilla. And I was saying, hey, you know, sad, let it die. And then uh, I talked about the birds in my apartment complex who seem to continue to try to attack me. And I was joking. I said, hey, you know, if these birds try to attack me again, then, you know, I, I may have to kill them. You know, because, you I mean, I ain't trying to, you know, <laughs> I'm not trying to target their eggs, but they keep attacking me. And all of these people start commenting, saying, hey, we're going to call PETA and all that type of stuff. I contact my apartment complex about the animal, uh, the nest being inside of the, the, car, uh, the apartment complex stairwell, and they told me that they couldn't remove the nest because they're protected by the law. How... Are these animals being protected by the law on private property? Do you think this is getting out of line, that the animals have more rights than humans?
4: Oh, absolutely. Of course it's out of line, and there's no reason that animals should ever have more rights than human beings. I mean, look at the abortion issue, and this is something that's come up a lot over the past week, kind of you know, in conjunction with this zoo issue. People are more concerned about a gorilla than they are about the lives of unborn children. I mean, that shows you where we are in this country. It's a very concerning time. And I mean, that goes right into the election as to why we cannot allow someone like Hillary Clinton into office in November.
1: So, Madison, why are progressives doing this? Is it because a political agenda? Is it because they're trying to get the animal rights people on their side? Is it about vote? Because we know with progressives that is always either money or votes at the end of the tunnel while they have these viewpoints.
4: Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. I mean, there's a lot of money in, in these animal rights groups that ends up, you know, potentially going into some of these liberal campaigns. On top of that, of course, they're gaining a lot of votes by stirring up uh, attention around this issue because it's an issue that these people really get behind. And uh, like you said, with even people on Twitter and Facebook, you see how it worked up they get over this. So It's clearly something they care about. I mean, I personally, when I posted this article, had some attacks on Facebook saying, you know, why do I think that I should be held with greater regard than an animal? My, yeah, because you should. One, one sentence. One sentence. I said, the, the fact that you have to ask this question is why this article is necessary.
1: <laughs> Madison, Jesse Otto, folks, joining me right now uh, here on the Blaze Radio Network. Last question, Madison. Going forward, <laughs> do you think kids should be able to go to the zoo or do you think you know, this should be shut down.
4: No. zoos all day, every day. I'm all about going to the zoo. I have great memories as a child going to the zoo, and my future children I hope will have the same.
1: Thanks, Madison, for joining the program. Listen to Lawrence Jones on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll be back after this short break.
2: j Severin on the Blaze Radio Network. Severin on
1: the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jay Severin Show. I'm Lawrence Jones. And for Jay, I'm joined here with my friend, Mateen Aini. Welcome to the program, Mateen.
3: Hey, what's up, Lawrence? Thanks for having me.
1: So I, I brought Mateen here because we have a podcast that's newly on the Blaze Radio Network. And it's called Common Ground. And part of what we try to do is that we're both physically conservative, um, but we disagree on some social issues. So he's more socially left and I'm more socially uh, right uh, when it comes to libertarianism. Um, but we find common ground in the show and we try to show America how two friends that come from two different backgrounds can come together um, and still love each other and get to, some political uh, resolutions. Um, And so I wanted him to come on the program today to talk about this Snowden case. And is he a hero or foe? Mateen, what do you think?
3: So, so the question is, is he a a hero or a zero? Right. Correct.
1: Correct. Is is he a hero or foe?
3: (laughs) So look, I think Hollywood, I think Hollywood got it wrong uh, on this one. Um, You know, we've portrayed him as a almost like a heroic visual anti you know calling government to the ball and making sure that you know things like privacy and 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 our rights are protected but in reality i mean it seems like he's a punk um what do you
1: mean he's a punk <laughs> what do you mean I, I, he's
3: no he's no james bond he's no james bond right
1: well he, he's not a james bond but um, many people in the libertarian movement consider him as a savior, you know? I disagree with him just to preference it, but they think that um, he did a service to, humani- to uh, humanity.
3: Well, look, uh, I,
1: paint, him, paint him as
3: a hero or paint him as the protagonist villain. Either way, right, he's not who... We thought he was. He's, when, a, traitor. He's when, a traitor. When Hollywood first portrayed Edward Snowden. That we can agree on.
1: Yeah, we can agree on that. We can agree on that. What what I think he is is this. I'm not saying that the government hasn't overstepped their bounds when it comes to a security and spying on Americans. But when you take that information and then turn it over to a, a press oppressive government who— is not an ally of our, of ours, but the enemy of ours. I think you're a traitor at that point.
3: Okay, so so let's go back to the Hollywood thing, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go back to as you would say, my people, and and how they how they yeah. were how they yeah, were. That's
1: exactly right. <laughs> right, your people, the left. That's exactly <laughs> like, right. Like
3: you got to quit saying it that way.
1: Okay, okay. All right. You
3: got to quit all saying right. it that way. I want
1: to say this because many of you guys don't know Mateen, and you can see yeah. our podcast on the Bladeio, on the Blaze Radio. I give him a. Uh, a hard time, Mateen. I sometimes call him this name, uh, call, and I, I call, and, and I hate it. I call him Libtard sometimes. I hate that because it, it, you know it's sometimes the Libtards get out of control, and, and it pierces and every time. It pierces him because Mateen is not that type of liberal or progressive. He's I'm not, not a progressive at all. Actually, he's conservative when it comes to fiscal issues, but on. Um, Social issues. He gives I'm them more a liberal. Bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. You give him some flexibility. Yeah, I got flex. Okay, okay. And so what I'm saying is, your people in Hollywood. Okay, okay. Your people. Um, why all of a sudden, after we know what's true about him, why aren't? Why are they still bagging, backing? Uh, backing. Backing. Yeah, backing. So, backing.
3: Look, I, I here here's here's the problem. First of all, Snowden didn't do any heroic like espionage esque file stealing covertly right like so hollywood ha- has that wrong um he did have access to highly classified files great um doesn't mean that we had to do what we did i mean hillary hasn't hasn't gotten any trouble
1: no she hasn't gotten any right? trouble because there's a you know but the left still protects her as well
3: and, and and from what i understand only a small percentage of the surveillance that he was able to procure was domestic surveillance related right that, that is correct and and so you know we portrayed um, we I said we they portrayed him as a hero but in reality no, 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 in no, reality no. He, say we say we it's in, in reality he kind of just slipped up and, and backed into fame and backed into organizations like anonymous and others that clearly thought what he did was um, equivalent to wearing the V for V for vendetta mask and masquerading around under the guise of uh, protecting people's privacy and rights. Um, Which, originally, when when that broke, Lawrence, would you say that you kind of thought of him as heroic, in a sense? No, No. I did not. Because of what? Because um,
1: I I think it's the investigator in me, where... And and it's a little bit of my patriotism, and I'm not saying people that believe that he's a hero aren't as patriotic, but what I'm saying is is that part of me... uh, don't believe that you should ever sell out your government. Target the people that are oppressive in the government, but never the country. Um, and I thought what he did hurt the country at large. I mean, there there's several steps that you can go through. Um, you can go to your supervisors. You can go to congressional leaders and all that. But he didn't take any of those steps. He went straight and leaked it not only to the enemy, but to the press. And as a result, he may have put innocent lives at risk.
3: Yo, you're breaking it down this afternoon on a Friday.
1: I, you know, security now, stuff. That's my I'm, stuff, man. I'm,
3: I'm kind of thinking that I'm sitting across from someone who knows who what they're actually talking about, which oh my is God. which is amazing. I agree with you, bro. Um, <laughs> like, look, given 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 the deaths that are happening in the Middle East, given the growth of what's happening with terror groups and in ISIS how could anyone portray snow snowden as any any anything right. definitely definitely not a hero because if you think about it what he's done is he's made it easier for terrorists to plan attacks against us
1: especially siding with them
3: yeah man you he's, know? A, he's a punk
1: <laughs> see i didn't say it <laughs> i didn't say it i i didn't say it i tried to hold my peace on it Mateen called him a punk. Mateen <laughs> did it. So Look, don't send me the hate mail. I called him a coward. You know, because now he's making all this money. The if if America really had the guts that they say they did, if if Obama would take the chains off our SEALs and Delta Force and our leaders, they would capture him and make an example out of him. That's what they would do.
3: What Snowden has effectively done is put American lives in harm's way. That's why I I, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Look, uh,
1: the people that he worked with, he wasn't. This guy wasn't a special forces person, <laughs> as the media has tried to portray him. This guy was literally a guy that sat in front of a computer. That's what he did. That was his job.
3: What What's his uh, What's his deal now? Uh, like
1: what, what is it? Is does, he in the states? No, uh, he's. I think he's in Sweden. Um, You know, because if he comes to America, he's done. He's done. Um, And so he he hosts all these webinars and things like that. He does all these media appearances. And, uh, you know, he never goes to different countries or uh, conferences to appear. He always appears by, like, Skype and things like that. Um,
3: It's funny. It's it's like his circle that he ended up um, uh, having around him as all this news broke, most of those folks are also in custody for some reason against governments that they've, that they've uh, put into harm's way, right? That's exactly so, like, right. Snowden, uh, Julian Assange, that's right? A, that's exactly um, right. You know, you could keep going down a list, but, I mean, these these folks that are patting their own backs and, and feeling like they are heroic um, are, are actually, you know, I, I think, th- look, candidly, Hollywood may care, but everyday American, right, wants to... Live I, I, wants to, wants to figure out the next day, and so I, I think they could honestly, I don't want to say this the wrong way, but they could probably care less about Snowden. They just want him to get what's due, right I think and they want to move sad. on. I think and it's, it's pretty, sad, right I
1: think it's pretty sad because I, I, I truly think that he did a lot of this for his self gain like to gain for himself. like it seemed like he wanted to be a hero. It wasn't about uh, saving America. It was about saving his his own tail and being a superstar. I think he was bitter. I think he didn't get. He was one of those people, like they said, didn't get the promotion that he thought he deserved. And so he thought, "I'm going to show you." So, Mateen, before before we go to the break, you you talked a little bit about this Middle East and the terror hotbeds. We're going to get back uh, get get to that when we come back from the break. Uh, keep it here, Lauren Jones, in for Jay Severin on the Blaze Radio Network.
2: This is Jay Febron on the Blaze Radio Network.
0: This is the Jay Severin Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: Welcome, 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 welcome to the Jay Severin Show. I'm Lawrence Jones, in for Jay right here on the Blaze Radio Network. I'm joined again, uh, ending this show with my good friend Mateen Aini, who's also the co-host of Common Ground with me. Now, this week on Common Ground, we'll be discussing uh, some of the immigration debate uh, and how it's going to affect um, the U.S. policy and security at large. And this story that I'm looking at right now, and you can go to the Washington Times, talks about the smuggling network got illegals from the Middle East to terror hotbeds in the U.S. Uh, borders. Mateen, this is just crazy. I mean, seriously, this is why I said, before people start calling me racist and all that, and I continue to say it, that we just need to shut down the entire border until we can figure out what's going on.
3: I know, dude. Did you say
1: you agree, dude? Please tell me. It, you-
3: look, ah, uh, this is so disheartening for me. Right, mm-hmm. you know, as people may may, may or may not know, um, if they've uh, you know heard our last podcast on, on common ground. You know, my my parents came here from the Middle East in the late 70s and did it the right way. So part my heart goes out, right, to immigrants that want to go to another country and want to ch- change their existence, right? Change their path, make life better for themselves and for the future family, right? That's what happened for me.
1: But I feel like there's a but
3: but this is crazy. This is especially if it leads to threatening the lives of Americans, mm-hmm. um, that's where we continue to see eye to eye on anything, yeah. right? It's it's an America first. Um, but the promise of the United States was always to, you know, we're a melting pot. Right. You know, ideologies, cultures. Um, that's why going to... You know, that's why being in New York and, 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 and taking in different cultures, whether it's at museums or walking through different neighborhoods, it's a unique experience uh, compared to anywhere in the world, even in Dallas, Texas, right? And so um, that I don't want to get away from. That yeah. America I don't want to get away from, but these types of events that continue to happen, and then look, you'll see news like this, and then something tragic is going
1: to happen. But these people, they keep. They keep coming over to kill us. And it's like we haven't developed a system yet to determine who's on our side and who's the enemy. And so we're literally walking day by day. And I'm not trying to make an excuse for Islamophobia and things like that, but people literally don't know who people are. They don't know if they're enemy or foe. And so. All I'm saying is that, yes, Donald Trump views were extreme when he said ban all Muslim, but maybe we should ban everybody right now until we can figure out. Now it's different when we can prove that you you've been here. You, I'm, I'm not trying to say delay the visas or renew the visas that are already you're, here.
3: You're not talking about H one B's or people that are here on student programs, right? That
1: have been here and all that types. So I'm saying that we need to make for sh- make sure, uh, you know, like for instance, the Beyonce visa. Uh, the San Bernardino terrorist used a fiancé uh, visa to get across here, and she ended up committing a terrorist attack. I have a friend, one of my closest friends, who's getting married. Her husband, a uh, fiancé, is from the UK, and the program, uh, because she did that, it uh, completely destroyed the program for the K one visa. And I love that guy; he's a good guy. I love my best friend. She. And I want them to be happy. And he's been here working, but he can't get the visa because of one bad apple. And so, like I say, I understand the people that genuinely want to be here in America. But right now, we can't determine who's for us or who's against us. And so it may seem extreme, but I feel like we have to put a halt on the border, secure the border, and develop a strategy on how we're going to sift through people and— the real legal the people that are here that are here legally and who want to get in line and want to be americans
3: yeah so it, it sounds like you're for you know e-verification and e-verify the, mm-hmm. the, the things the things to ensure the protection of other american civilians That's exactly i don't think right. anyone's going to argue with that it's just the how how do we get there how long is it going to take people that are under duress right how can they come over here? Yeah, there's illegal immigrants that want to attack other Americans, potentially, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other Im- immigrants that want to mm-hmm. come to this country and make this country what it is.
1: Well, America is truly a great place. Let's, let's, let's secure the border. Let's do the right thing. I thank you so much for tuning in these last two days. Lawrence Jones, in for Jay Severin, the Blaze Radio Network, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a good weekend.
0: This is Jay is Jay Severin
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.